Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Michael O'Leary is on the line. Okay. Say hello to him. Hello, Michael. Sorry about the uh, levy on the short-term flights. I just wanted to ask your hemp suit-wearing wigwam tree hugger friend if he has ever bought a €2.99 return flight to Bratislava. And if so, would he put it in his book? Uh, not two euro ninety nine, uh, ten euro one to Madrid, but I cycled home. <laughs> so, have you ever fretted about one using your diesel car to get closer to nature, two eating your ethical food off a plastic plate, or three just simply existing on this earth? Well, then my next guest on this podcast has the very book for you. Colm O'Regan is a stand-up comedian, broadcaster, podcaster and best-selling author. And his new book is called Climate Worrier, A Hypocrite's Guide to Saving the Planet. This is a great book for people who aren't hardcore environmentalists like John Gibbons, who is a frequent contributor to this podcast. But at the same time, they do really care about the environment and who would like to do what they can to help the environment in the time we have at our disposal, which isn't long, generally. Uh, Which is probably most people. That's most of us, really, isn't it? In my chat with Colm, he tells me all about it, why he wrote it, and we get through a lot more besides. So panic can be useful. Worry can be useful. But pure despair of what's the effing point is no good to anyone. And also, when you live in a rich country, as we do, it's such a luxury to feel despair. Whereas if you live somewhere where... Your place has been turned to desert or the, the sea levels are rising. You're like, oh, oh, Dittums, is, is the little cork comedian feeling despair? You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. so it's the kind of thing a cork person will tell you at a wedding, you know, uh, in those kind of chats you have at the in-between bit of a wedding over Prosecco and scones. Did you know that if you left Alahy's on the way to Dublin, the halfway mark, is still in County Cork. And then, <laughs> and, then just, and then drop the mic and walk away. But one good thing about LinkedIn is you can endorse people for their skills. So you can, um, they'll say what skills they have and you can say, I agree, they have this skill. Uh, so I, and you can make up new skills. So I actually, on my LinkedIn profile, have four endorsements for Vanquisher of Evil. <laughs> And people obviously agree That's that, significant That I've crushed it My full chat with Colm Coming up very shortly Well listen um, This is the last Mario Rosenstock podcast Before Christmas um, We hope to do a couple of little um, Compilations Comedy compilations And best of compilations Around Christmas to get, Like a selection box To keep you going And really I would urge you To listen to those Because we're really proud of them um, Especially all the comedy bits That we've put together um, But today's comedy bit Is uh, Very Christmassy um, And on Gift Grove During the week um, I did a sketch Which was A little parody Of The Barry's Tea ad And do you know The Barry's Tea radio ad Um there's something about Christmas and it's all about the, the, the little boy and he didn't dare dream of getting his uh, old style choo-choo set and then his, gra- his, his father got it for him in the end. And it's a really long ad, beautiful Christmas ad written by um, Catherine Donnelly, a famous copywriter, sadly uh, gone from us now and uh, voiced by uh, a brilliant character actor called uh, Peter Caffrey and the mellifluous tones of the voiceover as well. Turn the moment gold. With Barry's Gold Blend Tea. Emmett Bergen, of course, who played Dick Moran and Glen Rowe. Anyway, this week we did a little parody of the Barry's Tea ad. And of course, it had the little boy had to be Leo. And I wonder what he wanted for Christmas. There's something about Christmas. There's something about waiting around all year for the thing you really wanted. And if Santa will bring it. I was wandering around Leinster House going about my usual business. <laughs> Selfie! <laughs> And there was this train set, old style, black engine, maroon stripes, being played with by a prominent government minister. Very high carbon emissions. And the sound he made, soft, a bit like he was falling asleep, which he was. And I remembered another Christmas morning, waking up, the windows frosted over with the cold, the sound of mum and dad downstairs. Uh, he'll be delighted with his Christmas present going forward. He's been a very good boy. He's wanted this for so long. And I didn't dare hope. Sliding out of bed, my feet cold to the floor. Putting on my damp slippers, which were leaking. 
a little like my emails. <laughs> I tiptoed down the stairs in that familiar way that he always used to. He's a chip off the old block. Ran into the kitchen where mum and dad had prepared hot milky tea and rashers. And next year's budget was there as well. Mom, Dad, you'll never guess what Santa brought you'll me. You'll never guess what Santa brought me. Well, doesn't that beat Bannerer come forward? But doesn't that beat Bannerer? The Taoiseach seal of office, no the less. The Taoiseach seal of office, no less. Isn't Michael D. the smart fella come forward? Isn't Michael D. the smart fella? Turn the moment gold with Barry's gold blend Taoiseach. So last night when I came back to Leinster House, uh, Mam couldn't believe it. Oh, Michal, so that's not what he wanted at all. That's not what he wanted at all, she said. Mammy, Santa will bring him what he wants. He said, this is from me. Kylie, 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 I should be so lucky. <laughs> Put the kettle on and we'll have a cup of tea going forward. Comedy every week on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. And listen, can I use this opportunity to thank all of you who have listened or tuned in at any stage to this podcast? Would you believe this year was the year we went over one million listens and we changed platform from Acast to Go Loud and uh, we're, we're hoping to have a, a great success with Go Loud. We've had some fantastic guests, too numerous to mention. There's been many, many highlights. I love doing this podcast. Um, it's 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 real free it's easy um you know it's very unselfconscious and I, I love the chats i have with people who a lot of them who i only get to meet when they walk into the room and i love doing the comedy as well um for it which is a slightly different style of comedy most of the time and to which we've introduced uh, new characters listen tell anybody tell somebody about this podcast if you can that's all i ask just tell one person about the mario rosenstock podcast try to get them onto it and if you want to contact me i'm always available mario rosenstock at gmail.com and i read them all and i send them on to patrick as well so listen a big thank you for supporting the show telling a friend and emailing me okay let's get to Colm. Colm lives in dublin but he grew up on a farm in cork that kind of is similar to a background i had i grew up in a farm in waterford um, shapes a person for the rest of their life, doesn't it? So I wanted to start there. But listen, Colin, thank you so much for coming in and joining me on the podcast. Uh, am I right in saying you grew up on a farm? That's right. I grew up on a small farm with the uh, proverbial 42 acres in a place called Dripsy in County Cork. On the Yeah, that's the first thing. Yeah. yeah. So to explain, uh, Dripsy is one of those classic Irish place names that the transliteration from the Gaelic, you know, you just get funny sounding ones. That's right. why we have places like Tang and my favourite is actually in Leash, Spink, which actually sounds like a nightclub yeah. that you'd go to at 4am <laughs> in, in Berlin. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as we thought we'd bring it to Spink. Well, uh, spink, that's fairly... Spink is Leash. Yeah, that, yeah, that's good, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Dripsy means muddy river mm. I think at least you've started the podcast it. very well now because yeah. you've started on a rich vein with Irish place I know, names I know Expanded. and this entire uh, field of um, language of course was started by some real wisecracker who came up with muff uh, years right. and years yeah. ago and he thought and for a, uh, for at least a week he was the funniest man in Ireland yes. going around saying muff yeah, and and, uh, and, and then the other people school. went. Muff is Muff is dead to us. Yeah, uh, we need things like spink. Yeah, I feel like Muff is very ninety five. Oh, like, it is. Yeah, yeah. Muff, Muff is loaded. Yeah, loaded bag. But uh, yeah, so Dripsy. Uh, Dripsy's uh, quaint. Quaint. Yeah. yeah. It's, so you had forty two uh, acres, yeah. and I'd like to compare notes with you because yes. for people who haven't grown up on a farm out there, it is an extraordinary world to grow up in. Yeah, and it's it, because it's so immersive in its all day, every day. You don't notice that it's different. And you don't notice that when you're a small child, your vocabulary has words in it that you never use again. Like, I, you know, I saw abortions. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Or, or I saw, we had a little field called a haggard. That's right, the back. haggard. And you, and you never... Which is full of mud. Yeah, never see... You, there's no reason for a haggard anywhere else apart from, and not even on a modern farm, because the haggard is like the field nearest the house whereas Correct. now that'd be a big yard that's and right you know I remember the fact it's a particular myself. type of stony grassy mossy yeah. bit of land that isn't farmed 10, ton, 10, yeah. 10 20 and that's where it'll be stacked and the oil tank is and sometimes in summer there might actually be cattle grazing on it but it's not a formal field but again it's just those words yeah. like we, we had a guy uh, my parents had a habit of naming people after their professions and so there was Jack the Combine the fellow who cut the barley and but the most infamous was Jack Inseminator who was the man who arrived in a little the AI man the AI man and I'm trying to think what van you would have driven in the mid 80s maybe like a Ford 
um, escort a state, you know, mm. and then he'd open the back doors and take out right. the straws or however it was done then, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't th- I, like you just you're just a small child just using the word inseminator, and it, and I think <laughs> if nothing else, there's a vocabulary that is part of you that you. That's right. You know, you, no, you don't is. have a reason to use it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me get you into the swing of things. Yes. You, 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 you can be freely confident now. You don't have to hold We're anything We're among back. friends here. You yes. are, because yeah. I, I, I find this a very... I said to you off air there that as you approach middle age, um, you kind of, uh, you know, you spend more time reflecting on who you are, what made you what you are, and why. why you know, and one of the things is I grew up on a farm. And, and, and... I've only realised that extraordinary things happened on the farm. So, for example, we had many dogs on the farm. Yes. There may have been 15, 20 dogs. And uh, all the dogs were mongrels. All the dogs were wild. I lived with my grandparents. I called him Dadat. And I called her Gamma. And so I grew up for the first 10 years of my life with my grandparents. And Dadat and Gamma used to call the dogs in at the end. That's 15 to 20 dogs. Except um, one of the dogs was called Max. But my grandmother refused to call the dog Max. Because she didn't like the name Max. She called him Wistful. <laughs> so he would stand on the uh, steps at night and he'd go, Come on, boy. Come in, boy. Come on, come on. Max, boy. And she'd be there. Forget him, Max. It's West, West, Wistful. Wistful, Wistful. Come in, Max. Wistful. The dog must have been, you, yeah. know, you know, schizophrenic at the time. That's right. So we had a lot of dogs. But dogs have puppies. Yes. And when they had the puppies, I would go out to the back uh, of the house and behind the trees where she was laying down with the puppies. And the little puppies would be there. And it could be eight puppies suckling. And then two days later, my grandfather would come, come on, boy, we're off down to the stream. And in he'd come with the bag. And the eight puppies yeah. and myself and himself would go down to the stream and the stone would be taken out. And he would hold my hand and I would just very stoically watch the puppies. Because yes. I wouldn't be crying. I don't remember crying. I just remember the puppies being killed. It felt like a, a natural cycle of things, even though looking back well, it on it now. it felt what you're meant to do. Yes, yeah. And so even before I got to fall in love with the puppies, they were murdered by my, my grandfather. Yeah. Now at this point, I'll let you in and just see if you have Well, a... same thing. Uh, ca- calves, <laughs> calves go away. Animals go away and mm. don't come back. Like we, for example, ate animals. Do you know what I mean? Like they would, one animal would be taken away and butchered and arrive back as a freezer full. And I knew the animal that it was. So I was acutely aware of the cycle of uh, farm to fork farm to fork yeah something completely different to you and now I've never been in a slaughterhouse but I couldn't be accused of not knowing where meat comes from as I eat meat Mm. but somehow you know that cognitive dissonance that we all do or some of us do when it comes to eating meat we had an animal that had bloat and sorry I didn't know what bloat Bloat is just the the stomach expands okay. and often it comes from... I should know about that. Yeah, it can come from... Eat, there's too much nitrogen in the grass, eating yeah. too much clover. And you you will see cattle around the place with a hole in their side cut to relieve the bloat. The bloat. Mm. And I think it's in Switzerland where these are like quite formalised things and often done. Mm. But we had one that had, a, a, you know, an animal with a hole in its side. And that, again, yeah. it was the... Normal. You know, like it's like some sort of Smith's song, you know, the... Cow with the hole in its side, you know, like it's. <laughs> but again, I, I, you think about it, then you move, you drift away from the farm. It was a small farm, so it wasn't a place that was destined to support the family as a job. And you spend less time, you move away, and then one day you wake up and go, "We had a cow mm. that had a hole in its side." That's right. And I didn't even like tell people in school yeah. about it. It didn't seem like you know. I knew they didn't. I knew everybody didn't have a. Yeah. An animal with a hole in its side in their yeah. house, but it yeah. just again. I went, wait a second. Yeah. It's kind of like in Father Ted, where Dougal goes, "Those women were in the nip," you know, yeah. later on that night. Yeah, it's a, a delayed reaction. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. so I, I I totally get the the rediscovery yes. element, and it's almost like you're rooting through your brain in the same way that you kind of look through old boxes That's of it. receipts. That's it. You refer to your father as Dada. That's right. And yeah. in fact, part of the book. Um, a lot of threads through the book, The Climate Warrior, which we'll yeah. get on to a minute, um, you know, sees little sort of uh, rejoinders or beginnings to the chapter yeah. of words of wisdom from your dad. That's right. Is, am I right in saying that 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 he he was always you 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 were very close to him? I, I, or is it just that he? Was, I think I was like I was close to him in the way that a lot of Irish men of a certain age were close to 
their father of a certain age, which is the ability to stand next to them and talk about and make great small talk. Mm. Like I don't think we ever told each other uh, that we loved each other. Yeah, that's, that's fairly normal. We're Irish, but we certainly showed our love in discussing moisture percentages in yeah. barley or the inseminator or is coming the inseminator is, is coming and not the only one says you yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and I walked straight into yeah. that one and um, there's the alternator they're, they're exactly yeah. or yeah. what went on the car or what you know yeah. what he bought in a charity shop that he was delighted with or the weather and there's it all, when, I, when I think about him and I think about our conversations it's almost like one of those illustrations from a Winnie the Pooh book where you know, Christopher Robin and Pooh are kind of standing, looking into a stream, talking about a thing. You know, it's that, it's that, it's, I must picture a photo from behind of us just yeah. standing next to each other, <laughs> yeah. ruminating on yeah. something, either next to each other in a car mm. or leaning on a wall. He was the kind of man who, you say in the book, he used to turn the engine off a few hundred metres, a few hundred yards away from his, ho- his destination right. to yeah. let it drift. Exactly, he had to save the petrol. Because That's a, that, is, that is a bygone age. That is an it interesting is. one now. And the generational thing there was that uh, now that's called climate control for you. It is, that's yeah, and it's it's Greta Thunberg is merely following in yeah. his footsteps. And uh, but if you remember, uh, or you are heard tell of, so in the sixties, you know, the, obviously Ireland's sixties didn't happen till the seventies, but there was a certain bit of yeah. optimism in the sixties and late sixties. Bit of money, things were still cheap, but then the oil crisis happened. Mm. So when he had three small children as he called it the Arabs kicked up Yeah, uh, that was his summary That's for OPEC, right? yes for a hugely complex geopolitical <laughs> thing well it's uh, it's not it's not too far, far away like it's, it's very you know uh, pan-Arab nationalism and all that yeah. um, and they wanted more money for their oil as, as, as completely understandable but that shock hit people and he, he would tell stories of the cost of things in the before times he'd say I remember you could go into uh, such and such Jack Cater store, you know, a catering store that kind of Musgraves type place that you could go in without a card in and you get a crate of Tanora for, you know, you know, the way people have of describing money, frippence, flippence, frippence, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, quarter penny. And, you know, and then and then and then the inflation, then the Arabs kicked up and that was the end of it. And he remembers the queues for petrol. So inbuilt in a in a certain generation we'll save the petrol is a fear of of, of running the cost out. at the pumps, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. there was a shock, and there's nothing like a shock to give you that little bit of price trauma. Yeah, and so, mm. so he was kind of. Um, but, sorry, just you know, what, what kind of a farmer? Uh, it was a Dick. mixture of things. Dick. So we had twenty cows yeah. until about 1988, uh, and then they all got brucellosis and they got carted off. And then we had bullocks. We had uh, a small pig, small group of pigs. Mm. Before my time, there was a group of pigs used to go out with the cattle and go wandering. Yeah, and. Rootling, mm. and we had hens for years until it just became gradually the mm. amount of things you'd eat from the land waned, both with mm. people just getting sick of it. Okay, which is why I think it's important when we look at nostalgically about growing food to realize that people went big scale and you know mechanized and all that because they were sick of the bloody hard work, you know, minding eight hens. Yeah. yeah. Is lovely. Yeah, hard work. Until a fox takes one, and then a fox this takes another, the and they go. You have to go searching for them, and it's cheaper to buy. So, but we had that classic. Yeah, grew our own I can food. relate two anecdotes yeah. to you there, just for much sake, because an image came into my mind there when I asked you what kind of a farmer he was. Because as I said to you, my grandfather was a dairy farmer. Yeah, and I remember well respected within Waterford, but I remember every so often we'd go into the bank, and he'd bring me by the hand into the bank. Now I'd be maybe seven or eight, and he'd go in, and I remember now remembering that he was covered from head to toe in hot shit. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. And they would open the doors to him yeah. and go, Sean O'Donovan's coming through. Yeah. And he's a man of respect. Yes. He's yeah. well respected. Land. Yeah. And this man was literally yeah. covered in shit. Yeah. And that's what respect was back then, right? That's right. And and the other one was, you said, the fox. Yeah. So fox is a nightmare for a farmer. Yeah. So he'd hear about the fox in the backfield. He'd take, he'd get the, the shotgun out and he will come on by. Yeah. And he'd come out, I'd go out with him and he shot the fox and whatever he, way he clipped the fox, the clop, fox went spinning for about 20 times like a right. spinning top. Yeah. And then he just went plop down. Yeah. And he laughed. He started laughing uproariously yeah, at the, yeah. this, this, just the, the fox yes. laughing. Death yeah. to him is kind of half funny. That's right, yeah. And it's, I, yeah, I don't get the sense that no matter how natural all, all these farmers of a certain vintage were, they were not like the Algonquin Indians of the Mississippi Delta, I'm getting the name wrong, I'm sure, who respect 
everybody, every animal that they kill and all this kind of thing. I think there was, there's a bit of brutality there, you know, with... The, yeah, the, so this is when what we come to it. Yeah. If I think of, I don't know, if I think of environmentalist, one of the last people I would think of is my grandfather. Yeah. My grandfather, you know, he, he, was, a, he was a typical farmer of his time. Yeah. And he was a capitalist. And he wants right. to do whatever it took to make money. Yeah. You know, and I remember actually just, well, this wouldn't be one of my last anecdotes before yeah. we, we read. I remember him lying down once and he's like, you love me, don't you, boy? And I went, I love you. Yeah. And he went, I love you. Yeah. You love me though, don't you? Do you love me more than, than you love her? This is the grandmother. <laughs> well, I, I don't yeah. know. You know. I love you. That never happens to me. Money's under the stone. Right, yeah. Now, I know, I'm making it sound like I grew up in 1932. I know, but he just wanted to make sure that the money fell into the right hands. <laughs> he didn't want her to get the money. Oh, yeah. Because they yeah. of course, like many people at the time, they were perpetually at war with each other. It happened. They'd yeah. stopped sleeping in the same bedroom probably 25 years previously. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, maybe there I'm getting no too much. Them days. So this yeah. brings me, this, yeah. bring, this, is, let's, this is by way of introduction, uh, column. So maybe listeners now will get a kind of a little bit of a picture for who you are. Yeah. 42 acres. Uh, close to your man, your your dad, your Fiat Mirafiori driving yeah. dad. Man, a few words, but maybe wise words. Yes. Um, um, called Dada, um, living in Dripsy. Yeah. Um, and you have written a book now called Climate Warrior, that's and right. that's obviously a, 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 a little joke on warrior. Yeah. And and I suppose it's it says a hypocrite's guide to saving the planet. And you say at one stage in the book, you say um, if you want to read a book about uh, saving. Um, the planet uh, this is probably not the book to read well, it's kind of like if you only read one book uh, one book yeah. my, my feeling is that why did you write the book then? I wrote the book well there's a couple of reasons um, one was you know I was look like during the pandemic I was because I was in a group in, a, in, a, in an occupation for whom the activity of that occupation was risky to others and therefore we couldn't do what we do uh, how was it risky to others? Oh, just because people would be laughing at oh, okay. my gigs and then expelling huge amounts of... Uh, <laughs> carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. <laughs> and, and oh, COVID, that's a good and, one. And COVID. Comedians uh, are causing... Well, no, they were causing COVID. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. well, they weren't. They weren't. But, uh, uh, but because of the pandemic, you know, they're saying, look, you can't do what you normally do. I'm sorry, but uh, there's a global crisis, so you can't have people in large rooms and or small rooms in my case. And so it gave me a certain... I was, you know, I understood it. I understood why we had to do it. But it gave me a small snippet of what it's like to work in an area that, for some reason, the world has changed. And now the thing you do, temporarily, as it, for, for then, has to change completely. You know, so I was lucky enough. I could do stuff online and all that. And I didn't, I didn't starve. So that, was, so that, that, in, that tiny insight was of use when it came to thinking about all the all the professions and jobs and ways of life that may have to change or have to change depending on who you talk to uh, in order to fix a global thing. So that was the first thing. The second thing was, and I, I you know, I am not an activist or I couldn't call myself an environmentalist and not qualified to do anything, but I do care about this kind of thing. Um, and I felt you know, that there's so much of the discussion about what we need to do to cut down on carbon dioxide and help nature and all that is so, it can be quite tribal and people shouting at each other and not shouting at each other because they're being assholes, but shouting at each other because they, f- they feel strongly about their side of the, the, of the argument. And because I'm, you know, for various psychological reasons, I want everybody to like me. That's why I get up on a stage. Uh, I felt, can we all just get along? Or, or at least, is there a way you can write about this, which is a little bit both sidey? And I see your point, and I see your point, and is funny and is entertaining. Yeah. That maybe, like, I'm not saying people will come to my shows and the farmer and the ecologist will end up like in a dance off. <laughs> you know, like, uh, no, like but you it, freely admit, for example, yeah. let's, I'm trying to pitch the tone of the book yeah. with people. You freely admit in Climate Warrior that, you know, you're, you're as much of a hypocrite as anybody yeah. else. But at the same time, you go, I want people, I want to maybe convince people to stop catastrophizing um, and yeah. that, that there's nothing we can do. Yeah. There's no point in saying there's nothing we can do. Yeah. The least we can do is, is try and avoid despair, right? A, because it's, yeah. it's not a particularly nice place to be. Yeah. And B, it's useless, mm. right? So panic can be useful. Um, 
you know, worry can be useful, but pure despair of what's the effing point is no good to anyone. And also, when you live in a rich country, as we do, like, it's such a luxury to feel despair. Whereas if you live somewhere where your place has been turned to desert or the, the sea levels are rising, you're like, oh, oh, Didums, is, is the little cork comedian feeling despair? You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. so I felt like uh, that we, wh- where where can we find at least ways of having the chats about all of this, the common ground. And if nothing else, t- talk about how what I try to do and get it wrong and then try again and keep going and do it in a funny way for somebody else. Going, oh, yeah, yeah I, I remember planted a few trees and geez, they all, <laughs> half of them got stolen as well. Yeah, yeah. But even to say it's our reaction to getting it wrong shouldn't ta- not take it personally and just keep going. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then find the little ways where you can have successes, build on them and then and then go again the next year. You know, this is like, like when it comes to, you know, the planet, the, the doom of the planet and all that. Sometimes I think, because everybody said we've eight years left mm. and you're kind of like, eight years, that's like going to college, repeating a few times and doing a master's, <laughs> not even finishing that. Like, that's not a whole lot of time, <laughs> you know. So, f- I don't know, I'll even bother starting. That's to two be World Cups. Yeah, two World Cups, yeah. Um, that, the, the World Cup will be in Saudi Arabia in eight years' <laughs> exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. With Ronaldo as the Exactly ambassador. where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo in the Beckham role, uh, yeah. But so, but does does the rest of our lives like we're it's it, the stuff's still going to be there. So I um so I try as I say, pitching it as like and not going like me a sinner. What can I do more? Me a normal Egypt mm. with limited expertise mm. trying and I suppose as I say in the back of the book, this book is for people who give a shit and try to do a bit. You know, that's my tribute to people, you know, mm. the, the people of the high viz, mm. the people who turn up to things. Do you and think that people do give a shit in general and try to do a bit? I, how many, how, from, because you've probably alerted your senses to this. Yes. Uh, I think, okay, so the first thing is, say, in the, like, the, the only thing I know to do and I'm fully qualified to do is pick up rubbish and try and make people laugh. They're literally the only degree. <laughs> I mean, I have a degree in engineering, but who's, who mentioned that? Me. Um, but, uh, what so kind of engineering? Civil. Uh, that's building bridges, building isn't it? bridges yeah, and all yeah, that okay. kind of that's thing. That's my ne- limit of mine. Never used it though. Yeah. I went off to work in computers. Yeah. Uh, but say when we're so when we're looking for people to turn up to do a thing, there's a good there's always be a good scattering of people and picking up rubbish is like the the easiest and the hardest thing to do in the sense that mm. nobody owns it. So there's no well, I don't think you should do that now because that'll that that hunky dory bag is actually a habitat for the rare lesser spotted ah, yeah. butterfly. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not very no. easy. So yeah. it's a real gateway thing. So people are kind of like that's the step to get you outside the door to go, you know, I might take an interest yeah. in what's happening around the place. And the thing is, people do this in all walks of life. The people who volunteer in yeah. the GAA. Or, or tidy the, towns. Tidy or, towns. Or, or, or contacting each other and going, let's just clean up yeah. our village. Yeah, or the people who sweep the neighbours' footpaths, you know, mm. in the in the snow. Not mm. the consulate would appear. <laughs> or they're doing it now. But uh, so there's there's people, I feel like there's lots of people who are the kind of people who get involved in a thing, right? But when you look at climate change or biodiversity, you look at it and go, where would I even start? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And my general message is start anywhere mm. that takes you outside a bit. And then you meet other people who go, yeah. do you know, we're um, we're plant- we're going up to such and Town Wood with the Irish Wildlife Trust mm. on Saturday. We're going, you know, just doing a bit of... Um, weeding around some new trees or, you know, plant, you know, seedlings or that kind of thing. Would you be interested? And it's those mm. things that, that where people connect, I think. Um, Do you think that, like, here's a slightly different question yeah. to you. I mean, and I completely see where you're coming from. Yeah. But I did mention the word catastrophizing. That's right. And the re- and I suppose we're, we're, what the reason I mentioned that is the media um, have a habit of wanting to catastrophize course, because, yeah. because it's it's dramatic. Yeah. And dra- drama sells... Absolutely. So well, so catastrophizing is something that can lead to despair. That's right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you were looking, I mean, Channel 4, for example, particularly good, but particularly catastrophic. I know. Yeah. And so you're going, at the end of it, you're flinging your pen going, oh, I can't, there's nothing I can do about this. Yeah. And I mean, the, the one of the things I, you know, you have to tell yourself things to f- in all, in all, for in, in the face of all issues, you, you know, you do have a certain kind of self-soothing things. And I often I say not in not instead, but as well. So you need the catastrophe to shake people out of a thing. So, so you need like sometimes you need one people watch one documentary about polar bears staggering across a brown patch of what used to be snow mm. to go. <gasps> and then, but 
There's only so much starving polar bears one can consume unless you're really hungry uh, up that part <laughs> of the world. Um, and you do need other types of information. And I think you just, it's, it's a, you know, you kind of, you need a, a spectrum of yeah. ways of consuming I think what it. you're really saying is yeah. you're trying to enter people's brain and attention span in a slightly different slightly way. Slightly different way. And yeah. if you're feeling... Not through a moralistic way, not through a lecturing way, not yeah. through a hectoring way. Yeah. Uh, although I do love Hector. Yeah. And um, through a kind of... Um, no, you kind of know me way. I'm the guy that you probably know down the street. Yeah. And, and like, and I'm not, you know, and I, 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 I want, so it's for, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, so if you've, if you, if you're, if you're reading all this stuff and you're in despair, here is stuff in the same area that won't make you more feel worse, right? And it might give you a laugh. If you're, if you've no, if, if you're the kind of person who goes, I, I just switch off when I hear all that. Mm. I don't want to know. I'm kind of like, well, eventually it's going to get, too hard to avoid so here's your gateway in, into it and mm. becoming interested and also it's it's about here's an Egypt like who doesn't who who my only skill maybe apart from the others is I'm fairly honest about not knowing a whole lot yeah. if you know what I mean like here's I'm what not I bad don't at that know. as well yeah, here's and, what and I, it means you can ask good questions ask good questions mm. and kind of go and then if I'm wrong Honestly, tell me where I'm wrong. Just don't be a knob about it. Don't mm. don't quote tweet me. By and, the way, just and, to interrupt there, yeah. I frequently find a lot of a lot of discussions that take place on television and radio, let's say in Irish radio, are based on the premise that we kind of half know what's going on here already. Yeah, and they've already jumped past the bit I don't understand anymore. Yeah. And so the main purpose of the the main thrust of the conversation is at an area I don't understand. That's right. Like, yeah. so I'll give you a typical example: the two billion euro uh, children's hospital. Every time there's a conversation about that, you've already lost me because I don't know where it started. Yes. And they've already gone. Well, obviously you know the first the yeah. four chapters of this. We've already been through it with you many yeah. months ago. And I'm like, no, 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 I know nothing about it. Yeah. And so they. I feel left out about it. Yeah, and they don't even say like, well, how much has actually been spent? Mm. You know, those kind of things. Yeah. It's like, you know, the fellow who went bust with the crypto yeah. and, and, you know, 16 billion disappeared. They never say, where did the money, yeah. was it spent on actual yeah. stuff? Or yeah, does but it's money... only comedians who really do Yeah, that. and if it was, if the money disappeared, yeah. then could you just print but new money? The you know, people like, I've seen yeah. doing that are comedians. Yeah. I remember Tommy Tiernan, for example, has a famous routine of going, who actually owes That's the right. last fella in yeah. the chain? Yeah. And why don't we just kill him? Yeah, Because yeah. then nobody will owe anybody anything. Trevor Noah also did a very yeah. funny one, which was not a funny one, but an interesting one going, so Elon Musk bought Twitter. It wasn't exactly Elon Musk, something like Elon Musk. So Elon Musk bought Twitter with money he doesn't have. Somebody else bought it for him. Yeah. And he doesn't have that money and he hasn't even decided that. And he has promised to pay them back, but it can't go bust because if it goes bust, then they'll never get paid back. Yeah. So he he owns something without ever having paid for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, was, it was just a comedian's like, pithy way of like putting It's like Manchester something. United got bought and their prize was 600 million debt. Like, yeah. how, does that, how does that, yeah. how does that work? It's, it's the upside down yeah. one. And now you talked yeah. about crypto and that's, that's yeah. bonkers as well. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but the reason all that stuff happens is because there's a hundred years of very clever engineering goes into making that possible. And we were all asleep. <laughs> you know, we weren't, because we're our lives don't revolve around finding mm. out how that stuff happens. But in a weird way, getting interested in stuff that goes on is sometimes represents your best chance about stopping the next set of bullshit yeah. laws coming yeah. through. So when, and this doesn't sound particularly sexy, but when you get involved in doing stuff in your local area, for let's say for the environment, way of bringing people together, if it's cleaning a river, if it's doing that, suddenly you start finding out about, oh, there's a local election next year that yeah. you never voted yeah. in before. Yeah. I think what you're you talking know, about is participation. Participation yeah. and... And Ireland is one of those countries, apparently. And that is where, a good. That yeah. is good. That is good, Colin. And you, the more you, participation you, is there is, the more chances are that more people of a vital demographic will join in, yeah. in the voting process. People for who example. live in apartments who don't get canvassed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you have to actually come out. And I'm not saying they don't come outside, but mm. what happens is everything is skewed towards the yeah. person with their own front door. Yeah. You know. I think, so what you're doing really is you're bringing, you're gently nudging something that we yeah. all think is secretly impossible and boring yeah. into a more mainstream conversation. Yeah, and do you know what? Like, we all we always look for, like, because we're all so obsessed with the Leaving Cert, we all want an A in things. Like, we all want to get 70% yeah. right. Yeah. And I'm like, 20's fine. Yes. And then get yeah. another 20 yeah. next year. I think one, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a little 
thing that say don't let the perfect be the enemy of the yeah, all right exactly yeah. and like you know you know you remember the government I just think they stopped doing it they used to mark themselves and their promises and they'd get like 95 and I'm like <laughs> if you gave yourself 50 I'd Trump. be happier because I believe 95 is utter bullshit <laughs> yeah, 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 right because yeah, yeah. because like okay you made a hundred promises and 95 of them were to tie to yeah. your desk yeah. you know and yeah, then yeah. the and then 96 one was fix housing yeah well okay then you got 95 yeah. but there's no waiting there it means yeah. it's meaningless yeah. uh it's it's the it's the thing we all do busy work all right well the, the book is called climate warrior and uh, it's by my guest uh, Colm O'Regan and um so Colm, can I change the subject of course yeah, yeah. cork Yes. I, I, I'm not making this up, right? Yeah. So we have another thing in common. Yes. And that is, I love doing Cork characters. Of course. Yeah. And uh, and many of my the characters I imitate and impersonate, do impressions of, are from Cork. Yeah. And, and you'd maybe wonder, oh, that, that's, I wonder why that is. Well, it's because I spent four or five years in Cork. Yeah. I went to school in Cork. You know the rhythms. And I, Well, it's just that I feel more confident because yeah. I was there. Yeah. And um, I, I wouldn't be so confident in other places because they go, this fucker is doing acts. You know, he's never even been here. But at yes. least I was in Cork. Yeah. And of course, I spent a a very, very important part of my my life, adolescence, when my hormones were were were, were, yes. were inseminating. Yes, uh, and I became the inseminator. Stewing, stewing. I became the inseminator. Yeah, yeah. The you, cork inseminator. You were you were in heat. <laughs> I was the inseminator. You were in- the, I was. They knew me as the AI man. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, uh, so cork. You don't have, for example, a particularly Cork accent. No. How deep is your? I have loads of questions for you here. How deep is your Corkness? What is Corkness? Because a man as eloquent as yourself, and I know that you've thought about this thing, and I, and I mean I don't mean necessarily in a funny way, but what yeah. is corkness? Because cork is unique; it's different. Uh, why? What is it? Well, because let's face it, it is different. I th- I think so. Uh, the the lack of an accent uh, is because my mother's from Kilkenny, so the 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 modulation of the peaks and troughs of the Cork accent would have been flat, just literally flattened mm. by uh, slightly being further up the country. And perhaps years and years of winning far more Oral Island hurling championships than Cork would have flattened the accent down as well. Oh, it would knock the corners off yeah. us. Uh, in fairness, though, we're still not well-rounded, uh, despite having all the corners knocked off us by, <laughs> by some time, intermittent yeah. years of pain. But... Uh, yeah, in terms of corkness, right? So your accent was flattened. Yes. In terms of corkness, have you thought about this? Well, I think about it in the sense that I grew up in the, grew up on a farm and went to school right in the heart of the city in Deer school? Park in uh, what was the school near Ballyfehan, Deer Park. Yeah, off Friars Walk. So Friars Walk, for people who don't know Cork, has the same kind of houses you'd find on in you know the Inchicore CIE works. You know, small two up. Possibly, sorry, two down, possibly not two up houses, terrace houses, and the old, you know, old style red brick um, uh, cottages. So up along there, so I'd have that mixture of like the country, and I remember. So one one part of Corkness is being a country child going to a city school and knowing that you're slightly outside of the loop, and and spending a few years observing. So that's I think that's where I got my tendency to be a comedian because. You stick out as soon as you open your mouth because you don't have you don't talk like that. Like do you know what I mean? Go away, go with your posh accent, and I'm like, it's not posh. It's mm. just, uh, just different. I, you know, similar to you. Yeah. I was regarded as posh when I came in from the rural area of Waterford yeah. into town. Yeah, because they were all, what are you talking about, boy? Yeah, do you want your go? Yeah, and I'm there, like you know, going, um, hello, Mrs. McCluskey, can I go to the bath? No, oh Jesus, my grandmother, she used to maybe say, may I go to the lavatory? Oh dear, yeah, lavatory, yeah. My father called it the lav. So right. um, I used to say lavatory. Oh dear. And I yeah. was just laughed out of it. Yeah. You were laved. Laved out of, out of it. it yeah. Exactly. Uh and I remember I felt like in, in the countryside you had more time to tell your story whereas in the city. It's kinda like Eamon Dunphy talking about street football. Like right. you know, not you know, there's less room to manoeuvre yeah. verbally in the cities. So you have to be quicker. Right. Your Agile touch and quick, yeah. has to be quicker. Like, you know, just you have to be don't bother talking to me about that boy. you know just much faster yeah. uh, whereas so countries for stories the city is for punchlines I think and uh, in terms of how uh, the essence I mean, of is Corkness this a, is this a non, is this a non, is this a non-entity of a conversation because well, I, I always feel there is something in it well the, Cork is one of the few counties that has kind of a north, south, east and west Like so for, for a start there's West Cork right yeah. which is its own little world and one of the ways I know I'm still Cork enough is when I am in people, I tell people in I'm in in Dublin that I'm from Cork. They go, oh yeah, we absolutely love West Cork, and we have a place in Glandore in West Cork. And I get really annoyed because it's like that's not 
all of Cork, you know. <laughs> there are vast stretches of steppe and savanna <laughs> and prairie yeah. in East Cork and yeah. North Cork. There, are t- you know, there's. Have you heard of Skihina Rinky and Castle Mark and Dripsy? <laughs> Skihina Rinky. You know, uh, which is the fairy, the bush of the dancing fairy or the dancing fairy yeah. bush is what it means, I think. Yeah. And it used, again, the motorway bypassed it so we no longer passed through it. Yeah. There was a time. But, but Cork is, I think it's, because it has different zones, there is that, even though the identities aren't always united, we feel like, it's the kind of thing a Cork person will tell you at a wedding, you know, uh, in those kind of chats you have at the in-between bit of a wedding over Prosecco and scones. Did you know that if you left Alahy's on the way to Dublin, the halfway mark is still in County Cork? And then, <laughs> and then, just, and then drop the mic and walk away. Like, yeah. it's one of those, like, Cork facts where... Uh, well, no, but so, so what you're alluding to there, though, is extreme pride in where you come from. Yeah. All right? So this is it. It's, it's uh, I mean... Uh, for example, I think you described yourself as somewhere as being one of your traits as being very self-deprecating, which is yeah. a, which is again a little unusual. Yes, for your cork type. That's right. Yeah. I mean, corks are. I mean, I love a, a character. I love doing, but I just love forget me about my character. I love yeah. listening to him. It's John Spillane. Yes, yeah. I know John Spillane. Yeah, John Spillane is a cork songsmith. Yeah, if you ask John Spillane how he is, he doesn't joke around. Yeah. He's not messing when he goes Mario. I'm brilliant. Yes. I'll tell you why I'm brilliant. I just wrote a song there last week and you know what? It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I swear. No, and I, and I kind of go, I know, I kind of, I agree with you. I, I, yeah. can, I can imagine. Yes. Because his, 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 his certainty is evangelical. That's right, yeah. And it's brilliant and it's probably the best thing I've ever written and you can see the light in his eyes. He believes it. Yeah. You know, because everything I've written is fucking brilliant. Yeah. And this is the most brilliant. And that is not the words of a self-deprecating man, but it's not the words of a boastful person either. No. It's, a person in a bo- it's the words of a person in love with what they do. Yeah, boasting implies embellishment of your perception of <laughs> Which is false. fact. You yeah. know, whereas yeah. Cork person it's stating real. that something good it's is, obvious. has been fact-checked. That, good one. Yeah. Good one. That's good. Uh, this you, has already been established as being uh, yeah. empirically proven. And I like, I sp- the best way I suppose to contrast it is maybe to contrast it with Kerry in say GAA whereas you know if you talk to a Kerry manager or player after an, a nine, 900 point win and they go well look to the, at the end of the day we won nothing yet in Waterford I'm sorry to say Waterford football Waterford you know they're, they're, they're a young team you know there's no easy games now in this stage of the championship and you're like they literally were oh, yeah. like you know their goalie resigned during the match. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> he answered in his papers. I know. Well, I don't think they're the only ones. I think when you reach such a superior level of distinction at what you do in Ireland, I think you've probably learned an inherent idea that yeah. it's probably time for me now to start talking myself down in yeah. case but the... No, because it, Cody used to do that as well yeah. with Kilkenny. So he'd go, so uh, Brian, I, how do you feel about playing... Um, Western Samoa and the in the in the in the hurling tomorrow. Yeah. Western Samoa, they're a good time. You know, yeah. there are a lot of savage hurlers, risky hurlers out. Western Samoa. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be fearing for I think we'll, we'll, we'll tough game. Pinavar yeah. collar and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And you're going like, yeah, right, Brian. Yeah, you know. And afterwards, then you'd swear yeah, it's been points. through the crucible. Oh, a tough game by Western the, Samoa. The only Dublin are a weird one because Dublin it's full of LinkedIn speech when in there. You know, well, you know, we 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 looked at the stats and. Uh, from the Fitbits and we're achieving our goals and yeah. like it's just yeah. something our shots people start talking about shot, if they're talking about shot selection yeah. in the post-match interview yeah. this is it's all scientific well let's not go down there because uh, we could we could then move into sport Sports, yes. we could then move into sport and go I find I find um, it abs- endlessly intriguing Column the yeah. difference in the the difference in the standards of conversations attributed to different sports. So yeah. with football, it's the usual. It's archaic. It's 1970s. Yeah. Obviously, I done well. I stuck it in the back. Yeah. Of your man, the cross came over. I just closed my eyes and hit it. Yeah. In rugby, you have people talk about. Well, let's look at the intellectual property associated with yeah. Bristol. Yeah. You know, I mean, Bristol. They've got officer class. Yeah. You go, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Intellectual property. Now, where did this come from? Yes. In the back line, yeah. they have intellectual property. Yeah. You know, which of course can be, you know, uh, looked on by the, the opposition team. Oh, well, come on now. Yeah, it's because they all work for PwC. Yeah, well, they're used to this. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, I, I feel for any, 
I feel for any uh, rugby player who's now looking at what they need to do to get into punditry. And basically they have to be like Noam Chomsky or something to get a, yeah. to get a leg in yeah. because the, the level of discourse. In fact, they've probably used the word discourse. Yeah. Uh, whereas which, which sport? Any sport? In, in rugby. Oh, well, in rugby, where yeah, in horse yeah. racing it's just discourse is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple, I think one or two people who want to talk to you on the phone. Will you put on your headphones indeed, there? Yeah. Yeah. Ray Darcy's on the line. Say oh, hello to him. Hello, Ray. How are you? Uh, good. Really enjoying the conversation. Is it Cullum or Cullum? It's Cullum, Ray. I, Thanks I know, for asking. I know, I know. I had you on my radio. I had you on the radio. I know, I know, I know. Come here. I heard you there and you were talking about there's no uh, point to having pure despair. I disagree. Is that right? I think despair is great. Yeah. I spend my whole life just going around going, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, but it's not. It's not. But it's not going to work, Cullum. You've your whole, Cullum. You have your whole life ahead of you, Ray. I know, but what's the point? Well, well... Running, porridge, what's the point? You eat hake all your life, you still drop dead age 72. But you have to keep going till half four anyway, Articulated right? lorry runs you over, AI man comes over. Drive time won't come on early, Ray, you'll still have to go to the bitter end. <sighs> I know, I know, but I still like a bit of despair. Do you? I do. Yeah, what's your favourite uh, brand of despair? Career despair. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> would you stop? Do you have your money made? It's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. Anyway... Brilliant, Ray. Brilliant. Um, Brendan O'Connor is on the line. Say hello to Brendan. Hi, Brendan, fellow Corkman. Yeah, hi, 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 um, Colin. Really, really interesting conversation with Mario. Um, I just want to see, do you think your Corkness is declining at all or fading? I mean, I, I read your book, because hopefully maybe you'll come on to the show at some stage, and you talked about kind of a Marty McFly picture and kind of back to the future. Sort of sometimes your Corkness disappears. That's sad. It is sad. Because I noticed you lost the accent there. <laughs> I couldn't get work. On. And I, I mean, I know you blamed it on Kilkenny, but it's a bit sad. Well, no more than yourself, Brendan. It took me a while to get a speaking job in Dublin. So right. I had to kind of temper it a little bit. And uh, I actually have the jealous comedian thing as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> you laughed a bit too realistically at that. I'm a good actor. I'm just yeah. in the company of one of these podcasters. Yeah. So you have to show a lot of enthusiasm when you're on their show. But it's not like the radio. Okay. It's not like the radio. Okay. Listen, if you ever feel like talking about your mental health or your loss of corkness, please make yourself available. And how the loss of corkness would impact my mental health. Would yeah. we do it that way? Yeah, we can do it any way you want. Very good. Okay. Cheers, right. Brendan. Thanks very much. Um, Michael O'Leary is on the line. Okay. Say hello to him. Hello, Michael. Sorry about the uh, levy on the short-term flights. I just wanted to ask your hemp suit wearing wigwam tree hugger friend if he has ever bought a two euro 99 return flight to Bratislava and if so would he put it in his book uh, not two euro 99 uh, ten euro one to Madrid but I cycled home <laughs> and this is part of the hypocrisy of course we were talking that's about that's right yeah. of so your book that, 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 that you, have, you freely admit that you're a hypocrite but and that you do want to go back flying again and you will go back flying again yeah I just do maybe do less or, I mean the thing is uh, we can we can shout at people and give out to people and shame them and you might get a small number of people to do something differently or we can also talk to them in a different way to make a large number of people make small changes, which might add up to the same box of change, I think. Shut up. <laughs> OK, he was still there. He was hanging on the line. I th- well, is, will you still give me the taxi home, though? I think he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. All right. uh, Pascal Donoghue's on the line. Jeepers. Oh, I don't know if you've ever met him. Will he anything? implement some of my recommendations? Well, I could say hello to Pascal. Hello, Pascal. Hello, uh, Colm, and it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. I heard you talking about your love of mathematics and that you are, is it a failed mathematician or uh, a failed civil engineer? A failed civil engineer. I got a B in maths and the leaves. B in maths. That's yeah. excellent. Um, and I know how you love social media. Could you give me a brief three ties, if you could, of, you know, in a nutshell, in an acorn, of your opinions of the, all the different social medias and how they work? Like, because okay. I'm... A little bit on Twitter. Okay. Uh, TikTok is for dancing and shaming and shaming about dancing. Shaming about dancing. Okay. Uh, Facebook. If you go back to Facebook, it's like going back to your old childhood home. They've changed your bedroom a little bit, but it's great for the memories. And uh, it's also great for finding out uh, who's objecting to planning permission in the local area. 
Uh, Very good. Nimbyism. Nimbyism. And uh, LinkedIn is great for great place to tell people how delighted you are. Stephen Donnelly was the, on that one. With the new with the new job. No matter what your new job is on LinkedIn, people will be delighted for you. You could say that you've joined yeah. the <laughs> joined the new Chinese government anti yeah. protest uh, special Go unit. On, and, and what will they say? They'll say you'll crush it. You'll absolutely <laughs> smash it. Is everybody positive on They're LinkedIn? Absolutely delighted for you. They're right. stoked. Yeah. And uh, and the reason your success is hundred percent due to your attitude and your hard work. Can do not capabilities. Your CEO dad. Uh, mm. And then I've never understood but just as a side, I've never understood LinkedIn myself, but yeah, but that's because you're not delighted enough. Yeah. Okay. And, but one good thing about LinkedIn is you can endorse people for their skills. So you can, um, they'll say what skills they have and you can say, I agree, they have this skill. Uh, so I, and you can make up new skills. So I actually, on my LinkedIn profile, have four endorsements for Vanquisher of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> and people obviously agree. That's that, significant. That I've crushed it. Yeah. yeah. That makes you an empirical Vanquisher. Yeah, I'd probably like third division Marvel yeah. hero like I'm definitely above some of the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah that's drop the mic Corkman who has just vanquished evil yes absolutely it's well established no but I, like I vanquish evil like, I, I mean, still, have, well, still haven't been paid for well it known. though it's well known like, yeah. I mean. but uh, no I still have to send in the invoice I love that Cork by the way I love that Cork thing where they kind of feel sorry for you oh yeah <laughs> do you know that kind of one where you, you've done something well yeah and they kind of go yeah, you 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 done well, but like <laughs> couldn't make a go of it in Cork. No? Yeah. yeah, do you know that kind of it must you know be that, all the crime above the you know Dublin. that where they yeah. kind of it's, yeah. it's very patronising. Yeah, and it's like uh, I saw you done well there. Yeah, sure, yeah. Good, good luck to you. No one. Jeez, I was reading a thing there about about uh, the the crack cocaine epidemic above in Dublin. It's gone fierce altogether. Jeez, you must be must be very worried about it, are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like downing you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different type of crime down here. Yeah, and Insta. Oh, Insta. Yeah, that's for... I use Insta to take screenshots of things I've already said elsewhere because I don't want to show anyone any photos of me. Right. Yeah. What about sex, things you've already said? Oh, just jokes I've made on Twitter. I just take a screenshot of and go, here, I did this over in the other place. <laughs> okay. Here's one I made earlier. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And Twitter, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, yeah. yeah. fair play. I'm on Twitter as I well. use it to write jokes. It's great for... Uh, the. Until they bring in that bloody 4,000 character limit. It was great for writing yeah, they, they something funny. Yeah, they brought in 4,000 character limit. It's now. coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you run out of room to write the funny thing you want to say, it makes you think about, right, if I cut out that preposition mm, there. Yeah, and, exactly. So yeah. you find it as a good tool for practicing editing. writing, editing exactly. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, listen, Colm, we have come to the end of our journey. Um, the book, is again, is called Climate Warrior. I will talk it up big time um, because I've been flicking through it in the last couple of days and it's a very enjoyable read. Good. Uh, you don't even have to start anywhere particularly. I sometimes do that with the book. I just jump in and go, can I follow up with just by starting yes. here? And I was able to. Good, okay. Uh, your dada came up quite a lot of it. He did, yeah. And uh, it's been a pleasure meeting you today. Thank and you talking very much. To you. Thank you, Colm. Thanks, Mario. My thanks to Colm O'Regan, Tune in over the next couple of weeks for a best-of show and also a comedy uh, selection box. Have a brilliant Christmas. Have a peaceful, joyous, and I hope prosperous new year. And I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye.